Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada, on camera control. We're here at the Adafruit factory behind us in downtown Manhattan. This is where the magic happens. This is where the dreamers of dreams dream. Uh, we make, we create, we hack, we solder, we video, we code, and uh, make, and whatever, whatever else I said, engineer. Uh, it all happens here. Uh, right now, the factory is nice and quiet because people are home resting usually it's very busy here um but that's why me and mr lady eight are here because we're going to take over and for the next hour we're going to show you all the latest that's news right. and videos and products and tutorials and secrets and more let's kick it mr lady Ada. yeah what's on tonight's show um I, I like some of the names of the factory that are coming up the feather forge it's true the cutie pie quarry yes these are all really good all right, on tonight's show, the code is Metro Mini QT in celebration of a new product that we're launching now. So Metro Mini QT, 10% off a native rooster all the way up to 11.59 p.m. tonight. We'll talk about our Adafruit Live series of shows, including Show & Tell. Melissa just co-hosted. Thank you, Melissa. A bit of time travel, look around the world, makers, hackers, artists, engineers, news, and things that are going on. From the mailbag, letters and more from you to us. We read those out. We'll do some advanced manufacturing, main New York City factory footage. A couple videos from Noam Pedro, some 3D printing. We have INMPI brought to you by Adafruit and DigiKey. This week is Creality. We'll be talking about some 3D printers. New products, top secret. We got some fun stuff in top secret tonight. We'll answer your questions. We do that over on Discord. All 35,000 of us join the community at adafruit.it slash discord. That's where we can see the questions throughout the show and also the end of the show, which is most important because that's where we can see them all in one spot. All that and more tonight on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, other ones. The uh, Stemma Shop. That's a pretty good one. Okay. I was trying to think of like a, a Bed Bath & Beyond quote, but a Breakout Board & Beyond, I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Well, we can keep coming up with ones. The wearables workroom. All right, let's uh, pay some bills here to pay some skills to pay for the things that we do here. Um, Metro Mini QT is the code. We have free stuff Freebies. that we do as you check out in the store first up. Correct. We had $99 or more. We still have that Permaproto half-sized breadboard. People love this. It's great for taking your breadboard project and making it permanent. Next up at 149 or more, it's a PCB pink circuit board featuring the KB2040, uh, this break, uh, sorry, the RP2040, the KB2040 is a pink PCB, uh, it runs Arduino or CircuitPython, uh, it's nice and powerful, um, it's a great little breakout board with Stemma QT and a lot of little peripherals and accessories on it, so it's a great starter board. $199 or more, free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States, and $299 or more, it's back. Uh, we've got uh, everybody's favorite circuit playground express is in stock and uh, you get it free when you order um, enough from adafruit.com and uh, this is our favorite development board with LEDs and buttons and sensors you can program it in so many different ways okay and don't forget if you're ordering stuff on adafruit please 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 verify your account and use two-factor authentication that'll help you place orders also it allows you to do things like buy raspberry pis today we put in the eight gigabyte ones and we might uh, have some more yeah and folks were able tomorrow. to get them um, and I think we've gotten through most of the, um, I don't know, tragedy, controversy going on with stuff. Because there was a bunch of people buying these and then reselling them on eBay. Um, and we were able to put a stop to it. But then there were some folks that were just angry about we, you know, us stopping them doing that. So that's how it goes. Um, so please uh, do that. It's also just good security if you look at everything that's going on online. Every bit of data is getting leaked. Everyone's getting popped. It is just kind of an unending thing. This is what computers are kind of made to do. There are drop sharing docs bits. being <laughs> dropped right now. Um, so the best thing you could do is is just limit your exposure on each website that you use. And one of the ways to do that is to verify your account, do two-step authentication. If you could do it, use something like Authy, which is a tool. Um, you could use uh, text messaging, but we think uh, you know the apps on phones. You can also use. Uh, YubiKeys on Adafruit now, Yes, right? we actually um, opened up, we had YubiKeys for internal folks, but now we have YubiKeys for anyone. Um, so if you have like a hardware dongle, you can even make your own. Yeah. Uh, really good news also about Authy using uh, TOTP. 
Uh, you can even use a feather to make a little TOTP client. Yeah. You don't have to have a phone. I don't have a phone, you know, sometimes. Uh, I did a tutorial on how to make your own little MicroPython or CircuitPython <coughs> um, two-step authentication, uh, time-based OTP yeah. uh, generator. So it's the, really the best way and, and doesn't have as many of the issues that SMS has and has had. Um, so strongly recommend it. Okay. All right. Uh, we do a bunch of live shows every single week. Uh, the show and tell uh, just wrapped up. Thank you, Melissa. And I think Liz was helping out. Uh, show and tell next week be hosted by no Pedro. And then I think we're back after that. And one of the things that we've been doing is we've been having guests on um, that are also doing things. So we had uh, Adam Savage on. We had um, Magenta from Supply Frame, Hackaday. So we'll have some other guests. Sophie. Yeah, we had Sophie on. Um, so we'll have, we also have uh, Kevin from DigiKey. So also have some other guests. Uh, I don't know if conferences and events are back yet, but there's certainly more of them. So uh, we'll have uh, folks talk about the things that they're up to and more. On Sundays, we do the Desk of Lady Ada. And then this week, you uh, did a couple of things. What did you show on your desk? OK, first up, um, I played around with Platform IO. Um, I'm, I'm getting back to doing some camera stuff at night. And um, the code takes so long to compile that using uh, Platform IO, I thought, would be a good opportunity because they, one of the things that they do is, one, have ESP32 as native. It's, it's supported officially, and it's funded by Espressif. Um, so it has a good chance of working. Um, and second, you know, they do sped up compiles. I also showed up some sensors that I got, um, some low-cost sensors that I'm making breakouts for. And we also promote the Silicon SJ. Okay. And then we also do the great search, which yes. is super handy now because a lot of folks um, send us requests. So, you know, send us requests on uh, what to look for and how on digikey.com. Yes. This week, um, you know, I designed a board for the like TCA uh, or T TPA, uh, oh, geez, 841, no. 9548, TCA 9548. Um, and I was like, it's an eight-channel I2C multiplexer. And I was like, this is cool, but I want to find one that does four-channel because maybe I don't need eight channels. And actually showed that sometimes the DigiKey search, especially for weird chips, um, it's not really easy to find alternatives. And so I showed how to go to TI's product search, and then you can find the product on DigiKey. So it's like, because TI doesn't like keep stuff. They don't, they have distributors. They don't do stocking themselves. Um, so then I found the part on, um, on DigiKey for a, a four-channel I2C expander. Okay. And we just wrapped up JP's product pick of the week uh, this week. Did some new switches. So let's check those out. Snappy, snappy. Step switches with LEDs. Clicky, clicky, clicky. Blinky, blinky, blinky. I was inspired to look for these because of my great love of the Roland TR-808. I decided to call them step switches. There are the different colors that we have. So we've got a white, a gray, a black, blue, yellow, red, and green. This works well. Same with these really nice proto boards that Adafruit has with this code right now is that when it starts up, it does a couple little blinks, and then it waits for me to pick a mode. So if I pick the first mode, uh, this is now in MIDI toggle mode. So I have four different MIDI CC that I can toggle on and off. That's all done in software. So there's no connection between the LED and the switch in the me mechanism itself. You can decide in software how to respond to clicks or not using either a on-off of the LED or a PWM if you want to fade them. That's my product pick of the week. It is the Step Switch with LED Pack of Three. All right, and we got JP's workshop coming up tomorrow as well and then um you know friday is going to be a little different because it's circuit python day but usually on fridays um we have deep dives the gang's all here yeah so we'll have um something uh similar at six o'clock uh we'll have circuit python day game jam stream with uh tim foamy guy yes so we're having a new, a new guide coming out soon from foamy guy about mm -hmm. writing games yeah. for circuit python and then for the folks that um already got uh one i guess no other term would make sense for this, uh, who got a hack tablet, uh, those arrived today. So we were giving away the CircuitPython powered hack tablets. Uh, at least a couple people got them today. That happened. Okay. Time travel.
a uh, little bit of a wrap up. So uh, one of the things that we wanted to do was help some of the folks out there that are doing larger events that are trying to get makers back together, kind of like uh, maker fairs and some of the independent maker fairs, um, but bolted on to uh, other places where people are going as well. So Comic Cons is, is one of those where there's a lot of people going with their costumes that they've made, but a lot of people want to learn how to make these things. So this is something that Lady and I were really interested in for a while, and how do we you know, help bridge that gap between those, uh, they're, they're not really different communities, they just overlap in different ways. And um, Adam Savage is a friend of Adafruit, we know they uh, use our stuff on Tested and more, and a lot of the stuff that, that Adam does. So uh, we chatted with Adam and team, and uh, we, we did a social media takeover where Adam got to take over our, our social media wow. stuff. So if you look on our Twitter account or Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or LinkedIn, um, you can see a lot of stuff. I don't know if Adam shared this before, but just a lot of um, behind the scenes things, a lot of costumes that Adam made, um, some past uh, silicons and the event that's not this weekend, it's not next weekend that's, that's coming up is you can still get tickets. The code Adafruit still works. Um, we don't get compensated in any way. We're just doing this to help get the word out. Um, the, this one's kind of neat. The costume uh, was so heavy that you need to be wheeled around. And uh, here's Adam at the Expanse, uh, and here's some more costumes and props, and they also had the museum. Um, someone said this is like a Star Wars Episode Seven. Uh, what's in the box, Chewie? <laughs> kind of like that. Anyways, uh, and then there's like an Adam Savage. Uh, his current project, I think he's making. Yeah, a museum of outfit, sorts. Yeah. So uh, check it out. It's SiliconSJ.com, and uh, not this weekend. Weekend coming up, and uh, if anyone can drop it link in the, the chat. Uh, do check it out if you're in the San Jose area. Um, eight bucks. So we're slowly accumulating the um, parts that we need to ship out Ada box. What's that? What was that video game that as the ball rolled? It would Katamari? Yeah. It's a little it's like that. It's a little bit like that. So we're getting closer. But you know, I do think we're going to end up in a um, uh, summer autumn edition. So thank you, everyone, for your patience. Uh, one of the good things about Adabox is we don't charge until it ships. So it's not like you're getting charged for these. But um, we just continue to stockpile all the things that we need to get out the next data box, so we'll keep you posted. Mailbag. Here is the latest letter that came in from y'all. Thank you guys for everything you do. I follow two of your projects and the descriptions have been specific enough for me to have completed them successfully. I love DIY projects, but my skills often fall short in the execution. In the process, I've learned a bit about CircuitPython and microcontrollers and Arduino. I have parts, more parts coming. And it'll help me with an IO gardening project. Thank you. Yay. All right, it's Python on hardware time. Ooh. Um, yeah. Start Python week. The only news this week and the news to talk about is it's Circuit Python Day. Yes. So this Friday, and um, just so everyone knows how this works out at Adafruit, um, I don't think we're going to have to put up a, a notice on the site, but this is a company holiday. Um, there's no holidays in August, um, so we made up one. But yeah, there's like we already had Labor Python Day, Day, and there's Thanksgiving, and then there's Christmas, yeah. and then and one of the things that we know that's really important to to all of us who work is time off and being able to use that as a float holiday or being able to just take time off um, because there's more to life than work, and a lot of folks uh, you know store time off for vacations and more. So we wanted to have a day that everyone could take off if they wanted to. And so some folks are not going to be uh, physically at Adafruit, um, but I think we're going to have um, enough folks to keep things going. But a lot of the team is working on all the online efforts. This is still an online event. Probably we'll do some physical stuff in the future. Um, but CircuitPython Day starts Friday, August 19th, and the updated schedule is up. You can check it out on the site. It's everywhere. It's on the blog. It's pretty much everywhere you can go. Starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time, we're gonna do a CircuitPython Day introduction. Then we're gonna be celebrating code and community um, panel discussion. So you might see a Lady Ada or I or some other folks. There's gonna be a CircuitPython development sprint intro video, a CircuitPython project built with Maker Melissa, special edition CircuitPython themed show and tell, CircuitPython 8 preview, CircuitPython day chat with Katni, Jeff, and Dan, Foamy Guy Circuit 
Python Day Game Jam stream and Circuit Python development sprints. Um, no video content with that. That'll just be the, the, the sprints. But if you want to take advantage of the sprints, Scott and Dan will be helping people who want to contribute to the core or you want to do some library work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, speak up early and we'll, we'll be able to get you a pull request yeah. or an issue or your pet project. You could uh, get help from Dan and Scott <laughs> Um, during that time, and this is uh, the last time we're going to see Scott before he's on leave for a bit. Um, he'll be back uh, later in the winter, yeah, or fall. But uh, now, now's a great time to contribute to Circuit Python and get introduced as a developer. And I'll, uh, I'll I'll answer some of the questions that have come up at the end, but I'll also probably do some of them real time. So uh, during Circuit Python Day, will be deals with certain products that may be featured. Or is it only focused on software? No, we'll have a discount code. Just look at some of the chats. Um, I'm going to do that that day. I'm going to just see what we have uh, in stock and more. Because what I don't want to do if we're like out of a lot of stuff is say like, oh hey, here's you know a discount code, and then oh no, this isn't the thing we're featuring. So I would just make sure that um, I know what I'm talking about. Uh, so we'll see how things go on Friday. But there'll be a discount code for sure. Uh, what it'll be for, just stay tuned. And uh, there's other events and things going on. You can check out um, Blues Wireless. They have stuff going on. Um, the newsletter does have some interesting things this week, but you know, like I said, this is uh, all in preparation of CircuitPython week this week. Good news, though. This is, I think, worth mentioning. Um, although maybe you don't need to really pay attention to these rankings, you know, but they are helpful. Um, this index that we look at all the time. This is the InfoWorld. Uh, TIOB, I don't know how people pronounce it, um, but it's a ranking of like the popularity with programming languages, and Python continues to be um, a number one language. And I don't think, so you know, one of the problems is people get really polarized um, and dogmatic about religions, like, no, it needs to be this. One of the cool things is um, you don't have to commit to any of these, <laughs> you can try them out. So um, the popularity of Python is probably because it's very easy to try out. It's very human readable, and you can get really far really fast, and then there's a lot of expertise you can add uh, later. And then you can do things like microcontrollers uh, almost within you know seconds now, especially with uh, CircuitPython and MicroPython. So that's kind of neat, and it's just, it's just one of those things we see ticking up uh, more and more and more and more. So you know, especially for young folks that are just getting into programming, not only do they get to do some powerful things really fast, but they can also do um, electronics. And a lot of our boards, you know, you, you start with CircuitPython or MakeCode, and then eventually, you know, you're like, look, I want to do, you know, real-time operating systems and like more powerful stuff. You can always move to C, C++. You know, like we did streams on uh, platform IO, and we've done projects with Arduino and um, Zephyr and FreeRTOS. So there's, you know, it, Python is is I think it's good for powerful projects, but it's also a just great way to prototype stuff that you can then um, refactor and redo in a uh, you know more compact language if necessary. Yeah, and then um, I'll answer a couple questions while we're here in, in mm -hmm. Circuit Python Day uh, land. Let me uh... go back to Blinka. Oh no, I'll just stay here. Um, so the next question is, uh, do you need any gear for CircuitPython Day? Not really. Like the good thing is, like pretty much any board that runs CircuitPython, you can have. You can order something. I guess you could potentially get it by Friday. Um, but any any electronics that you can uh, run CircuitPython on. So CircuitPython.org/downloads. You probably have something right now. You can run on a Raspberry Pi. There's pretty much almost anything, anything Pythonic. Yeah, if you want to contribute during sprints, you know, of course, it's best to have the hardware that you want to sprint on. Otherwise, it's going to be really tough. Um, we do have some, you know, um, issues in PRs that are documentation based, and so of course you can do those without hardware. But um, yeah, if you want to contr contribute code, being able to compile and test the code on your own is going to be really essential. Okay, and then I'll answer this one. Um, why would we have CircuitPython instead of continuing with MicroPython? The good news is there's both. You get to decide what you want based on your needs and hardware and expertise level. So we're the biggest, I think, financial supporter of CircuitPython, at least publicly. MicroPython. Uh, sorry. Uh, well, both, yeah. Yes. <laughs> of MicroPython. Both. Um, so we contribute to MicroPython. We sell the boards in our store. Um, we sponsor MicroPython, but we also needed something that, especially back in the day, this was what, eight years ago now, that yeah. could work on all different platforms. So MicroPython is very specific for very specific types of hardware 
and it's uh, I'd say there's a different level of expertise usually associated with it where CircuitPython is the educational version things that get people started very quickly um, massive hardware support Lots of devices. Lots of drivers. Lots of drivers. Um, consistent API. Consistent API. Works so, on Raspberry Pi computers. And that's what our customers expect. They wanted, you know, for no just to give you an analogy, they wanted an Arduino-like experience, but even easier. And so that's not MicroPython. And if you you know check out MicroPython, that's not what their goal of the MicroPython project is. Luckily, um, it's all open source, so you can decide what what you want and when. I do see a lot of folks deploying MicroPython for, they'll fork MicroPython, they'll say this is gonna be for like my device. And they'll, you know, like Lego has a fork of MicroPython. Yeah. So that it's basically, I, I feel like there's like- There's this, a quick Python. Well, there's like this Linuxy version, like people are like, oh, I need to like run Linux on something. So they'll fork, you know, their version of Linux and they'll Yeah, there's it. like 500 forks yeah. of Linux. And easily. then there's very big distributions that are made specifically with more ease of use. Yeah, like Ubuntu like, is yeah. designed for one way, Kali is designed for another thing. So, I, you know, one of the things that I think people get trapped in is like, or, it's not, it's end. And if you look at the entities that contribute to MicroPython, Adafruit being uh, one of the bigger ones, and we help with the fundraising. Yeah, and we submit PRs and we fix bugs. I, I think that's the right way to, to look at open source is you're building on top of things together and there's cross-pollination of drivers and more. And there's no way that MicroPython is going to support Three, so if you go to circuitpython.org slash downloads, that's not MicroPython's mission to support every different board under the sun. In fact, there's more CircuitPython boards from other companies besides Adafruit than Adafruit boards. That's, that's what we wanted to do. And it's neat to see that is a giant menagerie of stuff. So that's what we decided to do. And the drivers is, I think, the hardest part to get things to work, and that's what we focused a lot on. Yeah, because we want to make sure all of our sensors and breakouts work, and so we spend a lot of time on um, having really good quality drivers that work with CircuitPython, uh, but that required yeah. having a, continue, a, a an API that's the same across every board. So anyways, and you know, we try to keep in step with MicroPython as each release comes out, so that's, uh, that's the longest answer, but that's, uh, you can also go to circuitpython.org and scroll down to the bottom and we There's have a whole thing. There's a lot of text. Okay, and that is? Linka. Python on hardware. Don't forget, this newsletter is available to you. It can be delivered every single week. You can get that at Adafruit Daily. And at adafruitdaily.com, we don't spam you. It's a separate site. It's completely different. It Do we sell your data? No. Do we rent your data? No. Do we give your data no. away? Do we trade your data? No. Do we do anything no, with it? No, no. So the reason we did that is because we never wanted anyone to think if they order something on Adafruit.com that they're going to get a newsletter. You don't. You have to try really hard to get an email from us. <laughs> but Adafruit Daily is just newsletters, um, and it's uh, spam-free, ad-free, and that's how we do that. Okay. It's open source hardware time. Ooh, that's what we do. Yeah, we do. We have 2,715 guides. And I know what you're saying. There's so many guides. I wish there was like a weekly like blog post or some type of update about what's been going on in the Learn system. Well, we have the Adafruit Learning System weekly update. So just check out the blog. Tyler writes this up every single week. And it's usually a highlight of what's going on in the Learn system. And also some of Tyler's favorite projects. But we're here for the guides. Lady Ada, what guides right. are what, what guides are here this week? There's a this, bug. There's a bug. Right. Uh, okay, so we had a couple uh, updates and new projects. So a uh, new guide, uh, step switch party from JP. Um, we've got these cute uh, TR-808 style step switches with LEDs in them. They're clicky and they're fun and they've got these little LEDs. Um, so let's make a little mini sequencer. So JP just showed how to solder these into a perf board. Um, and use them with a Raspberry Pi Pico and CircuitPython. I think he made a little mini MIDI device. Um, Phil B did a big update to the eye shootout. I think he added some more eyes. Um, there's a lot more boards that have uh, TFT eyes on them. So mm. uh, check out the eye shootout. Um, the Adafruit SCD40 and SCD41 guide um, got a new page, which now has whippersnapper support. It's now um, whippersnapper supported. So if you want to use these CO2 sensors without having to write any code, uh, we now have a code-free solution. So check out that um, quick start guide. 
Uh, and known Pedro, oh, sorry, uh, the known Pedro RGB matrix cube with 25,000 LEDs, uh, cool guide. Phil B added um, a <coughs> enclosure for it. He designed an enclosure for an event he's going to. And I was like, hey, can you upload those uh, laser cut files to the guide? And he did. Okay, we got more guides. Uh, we also have a new guide by uh, Jan and uh, JP. Uh, they made a clue coffee scale using the NAU 7802 um, scale, like a strain gauge. Um, so they showed how you can actually make a full project that's a, a scale for espresso making. Uh, I got some great photos. It made me um, very thirsty for a great shot of espresso. Uh, Known Pedro's project this week for 3D Hangouts is the DIY Pi 400 keyboard case. Yeah. So it's not it's not a Pi 400, but it's kind of like a it's like you have a Raspberry Pi, you have this keyboard. Maybe you want a trackpad. Maybe you want to use a sing, different single board computer because you don't have a Raspberry Pi. You can get something else. Um, so this is a fun little project, just showing how to make a, a case that holds a keyboard. Uh, Katni wrote up a guide for the ESP32 S3 TFT feather. Sorry, we we actually forgot about this feather because it came so quickly after the S2. We forgot that we didn't have a guide for it. Anyways, it, there's one now. Uh, and Katni did a great job with it. Um, this is a great feather that people love. And then um, Brent also updated the upgrading ESP32 firmware guide uh, to now use ESP tool uh, primarily and, uh, sorry, the web serial Chrome ESP uploader primarily and ESP2, ESP tool secondarily because um, ESP tool is a lot tougher for people to use than a browser and Chrome has web serial and it's great. Okay, factory footage time. And here's a little bit of progress, uh, sort of. You could see um, some of the edges of the Disney building across the street. It's so big, we, we can't encapsulate it in, in one camera. We might need to get a wide-angle lens or something. They're just building and building and building. That's right. That's the, the sun 
stuck in its gravitational pull. Yes. Yeah. This is why they had to update the uh, pricing for Disney+. Plus. That's right. Okay, 3D printing time. We're going to play this week's videos, and uh, we have not only the project, but we have a speed up. See you on the other side. You can make your own Pi 400 inspired project using a single board computer and a mini wireless keyboard. 3D print the enclosure and add your parts to make your own mini Linux computer with an HDMI display. You can mount just about any single board computer like the Raspberry Pi or the Asus Tinkerboard with enough space for a mini fan and cables. 3D print the two-part enclosure in your favorite filament. You can get the parts to build this project, links are in the description. The enclosure snap fits over the bottom panel so it's easy to open and take things apart. Built-in standoffs are designed for standard mounting holes so you can secure the board with screws and hex nuts. Get the files to build your own by heading over to the Adafruit learning system. Power up the mini fan over 5 volts by plugging in the jumper cables to the GPIO headers. Ports are open on the back side of the enclosure for easy access. Add a set of rubber feet to the bottom so it's nice and grippy. The mini fan provides airflow to the board so it stays nice and cool. The micro SD card slot is accessible on the front so you can always swap it out. A mini wireless keyboard lays on top with a notch in place so you can access the built-in controls. With the extra space you can pull out the HDMI and micro USB cable for connecting to a display and the power supply. We hope this inspires you to build your own Pi 400 with a single board computer and a built-in keyboard. Don't forget, on Wednesdays at 11 a.m., we do 3D Hangouts with Noah and Pedro. Uh, quick commercial break, as in, like, well, beep, 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 beep. here's the code. Uh, don't forget to use Metro Mini QT, and, uh, you know, we get all that free stuff in the store as well. Uh, let's do some Ion MPI. Hi, on MPI. Okay, this week's INMPI is brought to you by DigiKey, of course, but uh, we're going to be talking about some 3D printers from Creality. That's right. This is a big deal. Let me talk about why this is a big deal first. Okay. It's really cool that DigiKey, that they're doing so much stuff intertwined and part of the maker communities. Um, so they're part of the, the Silicon um, Comic-Con thing with Adam Savage, mm -hmm. the, the Savage Makerverse. Mm -hmm. They've been part of Maker Fairs. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, you know, there was uh, 3D printing, but you really couldn't get them all, you couldn't get everything in one spot. Like we don't have 3D printers at Adafruit, we don't we sell don't them. We don't stock them anymore now. And you know, it was hard to recommend where people could go and have like a really good shipping and shopping experience. Yeah. And we noticed that DigiKey now has 3D printers. And so we happen to have one of these. We have one from Creality. So um, you could tell we like it because uh, we already had one. Yeah, you happen to get one. And coincidentally, before this, uh, we had it a couple months ago. So we actually yeah. had experience. Um, that's why we didn't bring it in because it's already set up and everything. At yeah, it's home. gigantic. Um, it's big, but we basically got one of, um, this is the S1 Pro. Now, there's this is the newest one that DigiKey is stocking, uh, the Ender S1 uh, Hot Hot. Pro, I think, um, but they have actually a couple of other popular ones, a couple different Enders, and also the CR10, uh, which I know a lot of people love. Uh, and the reason I think this is useful is, um, you know, just because we've we've seen make 3D printers from rep wraps and cupcakes um, up till now, like this this long journey. Um, you know, one of the things that 3D printers have always been great for electrical engineers is uh, enclosure design. 
Um, so for example, here's a uh, design that Known Pedro put together or JP put together for one of our previous projects um, using a dev board, uh, the Feather ESP32S2 TFT. And you know, we wanted to make a nice little case for it. And this is a 3D printed case. You can tell by the little texture. It takes like 30 minutes to print. And um, you know, we don't sell the individual case, but also you maybe want to customize it, uh, different colors, maybe make it bigger or wider, whatever. Um, it's a very easy 3D print, so it's great for engineers, for prototyping and design, uh, for making jigs, et cetera. So this is why it's a, a useful EE tool. Um, you know, we also do a lot of projects. Here's a project that Melissa did. Uh, she did like a cat detector, and she wanted to just basically bolt a servo to a thing. And so, um, you know, made a little 3D printed piece that we got uploaded um, to GitHub. You can see the STL here. Um, <coughs> You know, so it's common, even if you're just putting together some pieces to prototype or design something as an engineer, um, the moment you have circuit boards, motors, plastic pieces, buttons, um, 3D printing is that glue that will hold it together. Yeah, I think one of the things that we realize is like 3D printers are cool and everything, but they're kind of like the ultimate enclosure maker to get your electronics to kind of all do stuff together. And, and that's how we've been using them because if you're just printing out shapes and stuff, that's cool, it's fun, but the electronics that go inside them and all the things that you can do really rounds out, I think, your, you know, if, if making is your hobby, this is this is one one great way to do it. Yeah, so this is like a site, um, Thingiverse, which is very popular. There's a lot of 3D printing sharing sites. Um, but this one has, you know, up, we have almost 500 different designs. Um, over the years, every time we do a design or a project, we upload it. So you can download these and then, of course, uh, buy components from DigiKey and, you know, make finished projects, products. Um, so there's a couple different uh, categories of products available. Now this is one page, so there's two. I just want to show that they have the, the CR series as well, as well as the Ender series available from DigiKey for immediate shipment. And what's nice is they're actually stocked too. So they yeah. will ship from DigiKey's US warehouse. Uh, so there's no like weird import fees and there's no or like- no drop shipping. So that was one of the things that, that we were reluctant to say like, oh, here's where you can get a 3D printer because you'd order it online, but it turns out it would always come from some, somewhere else. Mm. Where DigiKey, the, they have gigantic football field size warehouses and they have them there. Yeah. So if it says it's in stock, it really means it. And so I think that's important. Oh, Harvey. All right, uh, okay. So next up, um, there. I will say that there's a lot of printers and I, at first, you know, I was like, I don't know what is the S, what is the Ender 3 S1 Pro? Um, but this is a nice diagram. So the one we're, we're talking about today is the one in the middle. Basically, you know, the, the higher the temperature you can get, the bigger the build volume, the more you're gonna pay. Um, you know, the actual software is almost exactly the same. Um, there might be slightly higher quality components and extruders and hot ends, but mostly you're paying for, um, you know, motor speed, build volume, and um, how hot and how fast do, your temperature can rise on um, the build plate and uh, the extruder. So that, that kind of basically means it's like, you know, are, are you going to printing, are you printing a lot and big things? You'll spend more if you're printing rarely and it's small stuff, just get the smaller printer and it's fine. Um, all right, so this is the one, this is specifically the one that just got added to uh, DigiKey stock. So um, it's, I think, really similar to the one uh, you got. Um, yeah, all of them. Auto leveling is nice. The auto leveling is great. Yep. We we you know got it set up very quickly. Yeah, it's kind of set it and forget it. Um, we put it together very quickly too. It comes in pieces, but you know it comes in like a flat pack. <laughs> um, but you know, I, you and I were able to put it together in about an hour or two, following yeah, the instructions. It's easier than IKEA furniture. Um, it can do a wide variety of materials because it's got up to 300 degrees C heating, so you can do. You know, a lot of people like. Uh, PLA because it's the easiest, but you know, once in a while people want PETG or yeah. ABS, TPU, you know, flexible materials. Heated bed, auto wooden. leveling, removal plate. Yeah, Mr. Uh, all, all this stuff. Certainly said the same things I was about to. Yeah, the, the plate is great. Um, it's, you know, you can pop off parts, uh, multi point leveling. There's also, you know, manual leveling as well that you can get it kind of close. And then the auto level um, takes care of a lot of the most frustrating parts about 3D printing um, for you. Uh, okay, next up, uh, I wanted to also mention, don't forget, there's also filaments available. Um, you know, I just looked, went to the 3D filaments and searched for what's in stock, and they have a thousand and one, literally a thousand and one different filaments that you can purchase from DigiKey. Different materials, different um, colors, 
uh, different thicknesses and densities, operating temperatures. So, you know, go to town. Um, I think here's, you know, just showing a, a couple of the options. They have the 1.75, the three millimeter uh, different weights. So, you know, if you don't need so much, you can get uh, one pound or you can go up to 10 pounds. Um, they also have, uh, you know, liquid, um, it's not quite filament, it would be um, uh, resin. It's in a different category, but in case you, you want resins, they have that as well. Um, and of course, every, every kind of color you could want. Um, next up, you're like, okay, cool, I got a 3D printer, I got my filament, I got my printer together, now what? Um, well, for a lot of the products that we make and sell through DigiKey, you can uh, get CAD parts from the Adafruit CAD parts directory on GitHub. Um, Don Pedro have been filling this up for, um, you know, every time they do a project, they'll model one years. or two parts. For years, they've been adding it. Um, people have also submitted uh, projects. Thanks for everybody who submitted uh, models, um, you know, and also corrected any mistakes. But basically, um, you can import these into your CAD program. So not just our boards, uh, but our extrusion, the laser diodes we sell, the backpack. And this goes on. I mean, this just shows one page but this scrolls forever our lipo batteries is what they use for when they do uh their weekly show 3d hangouts because it's not just enough to have a 3d printer and now you, know, you can download models and um print them but maybe you're like i want to design my own enclosures my own projects well they have a video every single week for about one hour where they show tips and tricks of how they model and they've you know like we've known known pedro now for many years the, the quality of the work that they've done has, has multiple fold improved. Not that they didn't do great work before, it was great, but they've like, they're doing snap fits now and it's yeah. like dynamically adjustable designs and multiple it, pieces. It's product it's design really for beginners. It's um, also their show, uh, you know, we don't have sponsorship. We just do this show. It's the longest running 3D printing live show on planet earth, that's, this is it. And one of the reasons we do that is just to show that there's so many things that you can do, you can make, you can use it with electronics. It makes prototyping really easy. It takes all the frustrations out of, I got this electronic project, how am I gonna actually make it work? Yeah. Anyways, we were excited to see DigiKey stocking it. It's in stock now. You can get Our an ender. Shipment. Yeah, you can get an ender. And then um, we have a little video from them. We'll, we'll show their like flashy video. They, just show, they show it off, um, but uh, you know, also we have a, I can show yeah, this is the this first is, print that we made. This is the first print, and I um, one of the things, um, and this is not a, 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 a dunk or a ding on anyone. So, three D printers are great. I just didn't want it. I didn't want three D printing to be my hobby. I wanted to use three D printing as a tool for things. I didn't want it to be like I have a three D printer and now I'm just gonna like mess around with three D printers all the time. That's super fun. And, and that's, you don't have to do that but anymore. I, but I didn't want that to be my 3D printing. Yeah, like if you have it. Like, yeah, look, I, I've I done mean, that before. The cupcake was an amazing Super kit, fun. But it, it was like, I don't need that puppy. Yeah, I do I do like when technology kind of disappears a little bit, where it's like, cool, I just like send the file over and I print it. So this, um, I printed this out. This was from my museum scan. So I went to Rubin Art Museum and um, I scanned in um, a sculpture from their uh, Buddhism exhibit, and then I put it through a low poly filter, and then I printed this out in only you know a couple hours or so, and I did a. Yes, you can see. I mean, this is like with no tuning. This is like we literally turned it on and we're this like. This is my hello world for printing. Auto. We were yeah. like auto level, and then and then this is like a hollow body. But you can see like the quality is great. We didn't no special. This is basically the filament it comes with. Um, yeah, I the didn't. nozzle it comes with. The settings that were default uh, for PLA, and it came out great. Yeah. So anyways, I thought that was pretty neat. So we'll, uh, we'll play this video and then uh, we'll see you on the other side.
Yeah, by the way, um, fun little note. Um, now you can have a laser cutter and laser I, engraving. I, it's I, like I will say, um, I do not... Um, so, I'll just tell you a story. When we got our laser cutter uh, a decade ago, and I was talking to an engineer who, who had had owned earlier laser cutters, like you know, the $50,000 ones, and we got ours, um, the epilogue for 10K, and the engineer said, it's not impressive that they made a laser cutter for $10,000, that's really easy. What's amazing is they made a safe laser cutter for $10,000. Um, Oh, just be just be aware oh, if, you're, just if you get this laser it, head that this is not yeah so, there's nothing stopping it so here's here's <laughs> one way that you can work back from it so we've had a, a pretty high-end laser cutter in every apartment and then every business that we've well ate, you know adafruit all through this i just assume that's going to catch on fire every time they i love, turn it on they love to catch and on because fire. i assume that it actually doesn't happen so we have uh we have air assist we have all the fire suppression stuff we also do a lot of safety training with our team and we also don't do the one thing i've seen everyone do and you just can't do it i'm just gonna go to the bathroom real quick i'm just gonna go toast that bread real quick you turn your back and that's exactly when the laser catches on fire yeah i've seen it over and over i've 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 joked about i'm just like just don't don't i like when i have the laser running i don't even like turn around i back away while i'm looking at it like it's some type of creature i, I just don't know enough about i've seen a lot of these like open like there's no interlock laser. yeah I that's how i roll do engraving you could take good risk and do other stuff but i just assume this laser don't leave this unattended is uh yeah we would never leave it unattended and i think that's probably the most important thing but um but we we use ours as a, as a 3d printer yeah we do not have the engraver i don't have the engraver on it because we have a laser cutter yeah so anyways um metro mini qt is the code and uh let's do some uh, new products lady yeah Ready? new 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 okay headers we've got headers we've got headers We've got sockets, we've got stackies, we've got skinnies. Okay, so yeah, we've got a plethora of Pico headers. Basically, they're one pin wide, 20 pin long headers of, of a variety of different sizes. So you've got your Pico, your Pico W. Actually, can you go back one? Because Yeah, so you got your Pico W, and chances are you um, either got the header, the one with the header like this, where the headers are plugged in already and soldered, or you solder them in yourself um, that maybe you want to plug it into something and remove it, or maybe you want to have the stack with stuff. So we have a couple different options. So um, let me grab them because I'll show it on the overhead. Um, okay, so first up, we have the standard. This is actually good. We have the standard, uh, you know, female socket headers. Hold on, let me focus lock. Uh, these are their standard eight and a half millimeter high ones. You've got your standard, hold on to depicoify this. Okay, you've got your standard 8.5 millimeter long um, plug male headers. These fit in exactly, they're like exactly the same height. So you want to plug this in and you're like, I wanna be able to remove this later. You, you're like me and you have to, you remove this multiple times so they all got bent, but now they plug in. Here you go. So you've got a little bit of height here. You got like a 10 millimeters total height, um, basically, because you've got the eight and a half millimeters of this plus like the two millimeters of the um, the spacer. Uh, so you know it's not bad. You can fit stuff inside of there if you want. More focusy. Um, you know you can stick a battery down there. You can stick some circuitry in there. Cool. But then you're like, no, I want I want slim style. Um, so. We also have the skinny headers. So these are, um, you have to get them in a pair. You get the um, male's uh, shorty headers and the female shorty headers. So you see that the, they're both much shorter. I think these are five millimeters instead of eight and a half. So you save like, you know, basically half the, the height. Um, but if you want it to be nice and skinny, you solder these together and you see um, they're significantly less tall. So. You just have to match them up. You, if you mix and match them, you're not going to be happy because these headers are too long for these sockets. Um, and these sockets, they will work, but like they don't grip as nicely as the long ones. So just kind of keep them the same. And then third up, we've got stacking headers. So um, we love these from 
Arduino, you know, people like to stack shields. So this is, for example, um, a, a proto bell uh, that we designed. And then, you know, you can put that on and then stack a Pico on top. So I'll show you that. So let's say you're like, okay, I want the Pico on top. I want some circuitry in the middle. And then I still want to be able to plug this into a breadboard or you want to be able to uh, grab it with a multimeter, a, a scope probe. Um, so you've got the stacking header style. Or you can put the stacking headers onto here and then like, you know, you plug into a, a breadboard or another design and you can still uh, plug wires into the top. The only reason I wouldn't necessarily recommend um, putting something on top of this is um, the boot button isn't, you know, you kind of want to have access to that and you don't, if you have something covering here, you'd have to reach in and, and bump it, which is, you know, a little sad. So uh, you can choose though if you want to solder these in. But these are very common header kits that we've loved in our Arduino and, and breakout board days. And so just having these um, ready to go, all different sizes for your Pico or Pico W just means it's, as we have accessories, it'll be easier to plug and unplug them. Okay, and the star of the show tonight, besides you, Data, our team, our customers, our community, and more is, da, 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 you guessed it. Dun, dun, dun. It's the Metro Mini V2 with Stemma QT. So much like the Feather uh, ESP32 V2, um, this original, the original board, the Metro Mini, came with an SCP-2104, uh, which was one thing, and then um, that kind of got impossible to get, and so we got a bunch of CP2102s, which required a slight change to the circuit board layout. You have to have two resistors. And one of those things is, like, once you change a PCB at all, like adding anything or changing any package, you basically might as well redesign the whole thing because you have to get a new stencil, you have to reprogram the pick and place, so you might as well just kind of, like, make any changes Also, things have changed. There's USB-C, there's Stemma, there's yeah. all sorts. So that's why I was like, you know what, if, you know, if I'm here, like, once you're like, oh, I'm going to throw out one thing from the fridge, suddenly you're cleaning out the freezer. Uh, so the whole thing got redone, so we added a Stemma QT port, so you can plug and play um, with all of our Stemma QT sensors. We upgraded it from a micro USB to a USB Type-C. Uh, so you have reversible cable, and also I like the, these nice um, yeah, the big plugs and all that good stuff. It's the same physical size, same pinout, same connections, same mounting holes. Um, but really the big change is um, changing to USB-C. The LEDs got smaller to make room, um, and then adding that stomach UT port at the end. But I think, you know, it was, these are big enough changes, and I think there's some people who may... Yeah. You know, they're like, I designed a case for the micro USB port, so they um, wanted to stick with the old version. But I thought on the overhead, I would show both really fast. So I've got, uh, this is the new one. And then uh, this is the original. So you see it's the same size. You can see it's like some parts moved yeah. around just a little bit to make some space. You know, I basically shoved everything over to the left a teeny bit to make room for this uh, Stemic UT port. Um, but also, whenever I write drivers, I, I, I'm always testing it with the Metro Mini. So this is, I kind of designed this for yeah. myself. <clears throat> um, and then on the bottom, just like the V1, in fact, this V1 is changed. Um, there's a little jumper that lets you change it from 5-volt I.O. to 3-volt I.O. And this is actually important to note because there's a little warning here. Um, the, the, at Mega328 here is running at 5 volts normally, and so this port is five volt power and five volt logic, which will work great with all of our STEMI QT boards because they all have regulators on them. This is a three volt regulator and level shifters. And this one, um, this one doesn't because this is a three or five volt device, but all of our STEMI QT boards are five volt or three volt friendly because we expect that you'll plug them in to three volt devices like a Cutie Pie or uh, you know Raspberry Pi, or you might plug them into an Arduino Uno or an Amega 328 running at five volts. If you want to use this with other boards that have a JSDSH connector, but are like quick compatible, that's a three volt power and logic, you'll want to change this from five volts, cut the jumper and solder it to make it three volt compatible. That way you get three volt power and three volt logic. Um, but by default, it's gonna be five volts. So just, that's the only thing you have to watch out for, but it's not a big deal. If you wanna connect to three volt logic stuff, um, just cut, and solder the jumper like I did here. It takes you one second, and then now you're running at three volts power and logic. Uh, everything is basically the same except uh, just a lower voltage. Technically, it's overclocking a little bit, but really, don't tell anybody, it works fine. Okay, and that's new products. Yay! <laughs>
All right, a uh, little reminder, the code is Metro Mini QT, because you can get one of these. Yes. Uh, we're going to do some top secret, and then we're going to answer some questions. I have some lined up, but you can go and put those in Adafruit IT slash Discord. Line them up. Let's uh, do some top secret, and then we'll answer some questions. Okay, you ready? Okay, in the vault. Okay, so the first little bit of top secret is uh, I think we're going to be ready to introduce a new type of segment soon. So we have chip shortage. But, you know, sometimes after a chip shortage, if there is such a thing, um, we'll eventually get parts, and these parts come on reels. So, um, welcome to the real world. What happens when you put 5,000 parts on a reel and get it to Adafruit? The real world. <laughs> so um, we have a little video. Um, we got a reel of parts. So uh, this is a product that's coming soon. You want to you want to show it on the overhead real fast? Yeah, um, I'm gonna also show that video. Oh, yeah. you know the one that we shot. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. that's another part. But we yeah. got a reel of BNO zero five fives today. These are going in the pick and place tomorrow. You can see they were just made recently. Uh, thank you, Bosch. We asked them uh, in a previous. Um, chip shortage video to please, 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 Mr. Bosch, send us some. And they did, and um, we're gonna crank out a bunch of BNO 055 breakout boards. We have a ton of orders. Um, you'll see these pop up at our favorite distributors. They've all placed back orders with us, uh, and we would like to get them. Yeah, and uh, here's a video. Hi, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, I'm testing out a breakout I designed for the TCA 8418, it's a GPIO and keypad to I2T expander. It can do up to 80 keys. And I've got here hooked up a three by four keypad. I can like press buttons. Um, here's the page on uh, ti.com if you're interested and read more about it. And here is the output of my Python code. So as I press these buttons, you see it's like, hey, key up, key up, down, 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 down. And it has a queue, which is kind of need a 10 key queue. And then another thing is that there's an IRQ pen. And so I'm, I'm monitoring that with my scope. And every time I press a button you, or you release a button, you see the IRQ go off. So uh, all this is good. This is working out. I've tested all the GPIO pens and the IRQ and the reset. So this is getting ready to go into the Adafruit shop soon. This is what happens when chips start shipping and start getting on reels. That's right. <laughs> so I'm paraphrasing. Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, and Bunny, I think, did a blog post or a tweet about this. There is a little bit of softening in the market right now. Um, there's parts that I had never been able to get before, and suddenly they're kind of available, like stuff that was backordered for a really long time is shipping. Um, so, you know, if you're if you're like, hey, I really needed a part and it wasn't available, um, go to DigiKey Search or search on your, you know, favorite uh, distributor um, or, or, you know, do a search for that kind of part that you're looking for. You might be surprised. I'm seeing not everything, like some things are still totally unavailable, but there are more things available. Yeah. And then uh, another little bit of top secret. Um, I'll probably have a blog post. Maybe, let's see, it's August right now, September. Um, we're going to start a thing where once a month we post some books that the team's reading or maybe some folks in the community. We're calling it Book Fruit. Book Fruit. Um, because uh, I send emails to, to friends and, and in our meetings here at Adafruit and over our Slack and all this stuff. Oh, what book are you reading? What book are you reading? So this is Book Fruit. We'll do it like a hashtag. I'm stealing this from Book Talk. And uh, the book that I'm reading uh, right now, I'm almost finished with it, is, uh, let me go to this, uh, Existential Physics with uh, Sabine Hassenfelder, also an excellent uh, singer, by the way. So if you like physics, it's kind of a good one, just came out. Um, and uh, right before that, I th think I was reading, I read the Benjamin Franklin biography, because I, I think I read it a long time ago, but I forgot if I did. So those are the two. Um, and then we're gonna have, of course, you know, electronic books and more, but anyways, I thought that'd be kind of cool. And uh, I'll let everybody know when they can, uh, you know, send us or tag what book they're reading. Um, kind of like a maker book club engineering book club and that's top secret okay we're gonna zip right along to questions got Ooh, some lined up yeah we're right on time we're gonna oops what <laughs> ah, yeah. <okay. laughs> yeah wrong wrong uh wrong intro or right In, intro for infinite the, questions yeah. okay 
You ready? Yes. Uh, would we make a Circuit Playground Express RP2040? It's something that we've been looking at. Um, there's a couple reasons why it might be more likely to happen now, but um, you know, I, I've been looking for, say, a light sensor uh, that I could use because I didn't want to use an, uh, one of the ADCs um, on the uh, the RP2040 because there's only four of them. That's the only thing that really made it a little bit frustrating is there's only four analog inputs, and I really would have liked eight um, because of all the sensors that are low cost that are analog. But uh, we'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, how long is the queue to buy Raspberry Pi? So here's what you do. Usually on Wednesdays at 11.30, we put them on the site because by the time the emails would go out, they would it, it would be hard. So we do yeah. send out emails, but um, do check out the site. 11.30 Especially on Wednesdays. Especially today. I mean, it was, they were out of stock in two minutes. It's a feeding frenzy. It's like throwing them into a volcano. Yeah. Um, so check the site. You can check social media because there's a lot of bots that look at when things are in stock. But generally speaking, 11.30 on Wednesdays, Eastern time, just hit refresh a couple of times, or 11 a.m. is another time that we sometimes do it. Um, and that's how uh, that's how you do it. We also do send out emails, but just keep in mind, for some models, by the time you get the email, it could be possible that folks uh, bought them. Uh, next up, any plans for an airlift with the new NRF7002 Wi-Fi chip Nordic is making? It was announced this week. Um, you know, it, I, there's absolutely no information about that chip. Um, I looked, and it, I don't think it's coming out for quite a few months. Um, I'll check it out, but they're probably going to release drivers when it does come out, so we'll see what, what the scoop is. I don't know, I don't know anything, really. Um, but right now, we definitely have airlift support working for the ESP32. Uh, if it's an SPI uh, protocol, and I think that the NRF, I think, also uses um, SPI. So... Hopefully, it would be a compatible port. Okay, and then um, I think Todd mentioned that Sabine, the book author I was talking about, has a pretty good YouTube channel. It's true. Um, if you're into science and stuff, and it's kind of hard to not be, because we live in a world with science, um, you can check out her YouTube channel. It's called Science Without the Gobbledygook, and uh, I. I I think for folks who want to understand some of the ways that things work without the gobbledygook, um, you can check that out here's a YouTube channel here. So that's what the gobbledygook. It's a good channel. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, any chance you might be able to make an ESP32H2 feather? That's the one with thread, Bluetooth. I don't think that ships out either. Uh, guys, you, I can only make hardware <laughs> for things that exist. Yeah. Okay. Next up, uh, question. How do you select a multi-channel servo chip driver like the LED chip driver in for 16-channel 12-bit servo hat? Well, it needs to run at 50 to 60 hertz, right? So that's the most important thing. And have 12-bit resolution. Okay. Uh, you demoed a ESP32 camera board. Is there a way to connect a USB generic camera with four pins? Just curious if you can add a camera that way on an S2, S3. It's, it's not going to be possible, really, because you'd need USB host support and you'd need um, the camera streaming like asynchronous streaming it, it's so complicated you're better off just using a camera chip any updates on restocking some of your parts over at digikey for example quick connector well if they don't have something i think you can back order from digikey but you might also ask for a stock update but if we don't have the parts obviously because of the part shortage then they won't have them because they're our resellers yeah so. i mean if you want to buy something from digikey and it's on stock if you place the back order um they'll definitely place the order through us um but depending on stockages and how long it takes us to get stuff. Um, yeah, it might be starting. available at some distributors and not others. Things it's are starting to get a little bit better around the world for parts and things are starting to happen. It's just slow. It's a bit of a slog. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me check and see if there's any other questions. Uh, let's see. I do not see any over there. I think I'm gonna call it going once. Okay. Going twice. Them's your questions. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget, we'll be around on Friday, Circuit Python Day, if you have yeah. more questions. It's uh, gonna be an all day event. Join us. And uh, thanks for making this another year of Circuit Python stuff together. Um, we're up to Circuit Python version 8. We'll be talking about that and more. 
Um, special thanks to Melissa and Liz who are helping out in show and tell. Special thanks to Jesse May who's running things behind the scenes. Nice, All Jesse the May. folks in the chat and more. Um, you make every week that we work hard and smart and um, work to be good to one another uh, all worth it thank you um, it's very much appreciated this has been an Adafruit production here's your moment of Zener. we'll see you uh, this week on Circuit Python Day and we'll see you next week on all the shows and more thanks everybody hi everybody <laughs>